Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. So we finally have an answer. Gabby Petito's cause of death. We've been waiting. And finally that day has arrived. The coroner out in Wyoming 
has let us peek inside what they found, at least in the early moments of the investigation, still more to be determined. But today, we want to explore those findings and do a deep dive into what brought about the death of Gabby Petito. I'm Joe Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags. Joining me today is Jackie Howard, executive producer of Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jackie, what what do we know about the case at this point? Joe, as you mentioned, we do know that Gabby Petito was strangled to death. The coroner came out and made his announcement yesterday. And then we found out more information last night. The coroner released a little more information during an interview, and he said that it was manual strangulation with throttling. And I'll have to tell you, I thought to myself, I can't wait till Joe Scott Morgan can explain to me what throttling is. What does that mean, Joe? This puts this at a completely different level, Jackie. You know, we early on when we first got the information that it was a strangulation death, that that opens up the door to, well, there's a variety of different types of strangulation. You've you've got ligature strangulation. You've got something that's called mechanical strangulation. And those two can be confused sometimes. And then you have this area that's called throttling. And throttling actually means, Jackie, that an individual takes their bare hands, and generally it's both hands, places them around the neck, and then begins to squeeze. That That's where the manual comes in. That means that there's no other object involved, no other tool. You think about a ligature strangulation where you could use a belt or a scarf or a piece of rope or even a wire. But not in this case. We're talking about the coroner saw and the forensic pathologist saw at the autopsy, they saw evidence that someone had literally taken their hands and wrapped them around Gabby Petito's neck and squeezed and literally squeezed the life out of her little body. You know, I think that most people believe that with decomposition, she had been down for, I don't know, the coroner said yesterday in his presser, you know, three to four weeks, and he wouldn't put a finer point on that. I think that most people think with decomposition that we're not going to be able to find any evidence at autopsy of any kind of trauma. And that that's just not true. Because if if you think about this, everybody at home, I want you to look at the surface area of the palms of your hands just for a second. Look at them and consider them. Think about squeezing an orange or an apple in your hands and how much force you can exert. Now, you take both hands and you place them over that orange or that apple and you squeeze. And that compression that's taking place there, it's going to, in cases of apples, if you do that, for instance, it's going to leave a bruise, isn't it? It's going to soften that surface. You can kind of take that and apply that to the human body. As pressure is directly applied with both hands, little areas of hemorrhage begin. And we're not just talking innocuous little areas like petechiae, pinprick. We're talking about dime size, quarter size. And then they begin to expand. And as that pressure continues, more vessels burst. And if you think about the underlying soft tissue, the muscle tissue, everything that indwells that neck, that hemorrhage expands and begins to envelop that area. And you can, in some cases, you can actually see external markings of fingers on people's throats. And that extends even below the surface. You can actually make out these specific areas of hemorrhage. 
the damage would have been extensive, Jackie, extensive. So, Joe, that tells me, if I can be logical for just a second, that tells me that Gabby's body was not skeletonized so that there was enough tissue left for the coroner to be able to see what you're talking about. Jackie, that that is a fantastic point. And let's step back just for a second. Think about what happened that day that the autopsy was done. That afternoon, the coroner came out and made a statement about the manner of death. Remember, we were talking about the manner of death, and I've talked about how there are five. And they came out specifically that day without any further testing and said, We've got a manner. We've got a manner in this case, and we're calling it homicide. And just so our listeners understand, in its purest sense, when you define that word homicide, it literally translates into death at the hands of another. It's very clinical. It's very straightforward. So when they did her postmortem examination, they saw something in in that autopsy room, they saw something at the table as they surrounded her body. As they began to thoroughly examine her body, they saw extensive trauma. It would be so glaring because, you know, we have to factor in this idea of decomposition. So even though she had been down three to four weeks, when they began to examine what remained of Gabby, it was so striking. It was so absolutely striking that they could definitively walk out of that room and say that the manner of death was homicide. Now, you say, well, you know what? It's kind of counterintuitive to what we do in medical legal death investigation, because many times we'll have a cause of death, you know, like gunshot wound, for instance, and we don't have a manner because they don't know if it was accidental discharge. They don't know if it was a homicidal event. They don't know if it was suicide or maybe even undetermined. Uh, it, it, it happened in reverse in this case. And that's what, from a medical legal forensic standpoint, what makes this so unique. They were actually able to say that the manor was, in fact, homicide. And now they've reached the point through all of their analysis and consultations. When they came up with this determination that this was a manual strangulation and not just a manual strangulation, but a throttling that's very specific. That means that at this point, they have ruled out things like a ligature strangulation involving a rope. Because if we see cases where individuals are strangled with a rope, it leaves a deep furrow externally on the neck. It leaves a, a very specific underlying hemorrhage that's linear. That's not what they saw. They saw massive hemorrhage in this area, underlying where they knew, or at least they're putting forward uh, the idea underlying the area where the hands would have actually made contact. So they had specific identifying information and evidence at that autopsy to name this specifically as a manual strangulation uh, via throttling. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and a big shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing free samples. I live in an area where allergies are a day-to-day -day issue, and finding an over-the-counter option for relief is like the holy grail. I use Astapro, and I strongly recommend you give it a try. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray, and it's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Years ago, when I got out of my field full-time, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I had sleep disorder. I had depression. And for me, I had to turn to someone to talk to somebody that could aid me along the path to healing, to restore me to that person that maybe I was at one point in time, to make me better for not just myself, but my family. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can do this anytime that you like. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com bags today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. That's better. H-E-L-P.com slash bags. I'm back here with Jackie uh, Howard and uh, Jackie and I are, are discussing this idea of of manual strangulation and and what the coroner and the forensic pathologist actually found at autopsy. Joe, you were talking about the coroner coming out and making his his determination that it was homicide on the day of the autopsy. The coroner came out quickly. So he saw what you've been explaining to us very quickly. Yeah, you know, he, he did. Uh, and and just I don't know, I've, I've used the analogy. It's almost metaphorically like he sprinted to the microphone. You know, to to make that. And as as you well know, uh, people in my line of work and law enforcement, we try to avoid microphones at all costs. In this particular uh, context, he sent out uh, uh, a specific ruling in this case and was very quick about it. And I, I think there's a lot that goes into this. But keep in mind, this is an ongoing criminal investigation. You've got a person of interest that's at large, essentially. And they wanted to frame this early on and say that this is, in fact, a homicide. We need to be aware this situation is urgent. There's no uh, uh, doubt. There's no equivocation here. This is a homicidal event. And we need to begin to put the pieces together, uh, first off, so that we can understand what happened to Gabby, but also so that we can enforce the urgency as it applies to tracking down Brian Laundry and asking him for some very specific questions about what they're finding uh, at the autopsy and forensically. You were explaining to us about the throttling, but describe for me, Joe, what it could have been. Obviously, we don't know exactly. We weren't in the autopsy room, but what could it have been that he saw? Would he have seen actual finger marks if there was tissue? Was it bruising? I mean, what would he have seen to say this is throttling? 
Yeah, you know, you can see you can see in some cases relative to contusions, which is just a, a fancy ten dollar word for bruise. You can actually see patterns that resemble, you know, finger marks or handprints. Can you say it definitively that, uh, you know, like we like to say, one hundred percent scientific certainty on you know on the stand that this is in fact a fingerprint or a hand mark and it's tied direct? No, you can't say that. But you can say that it looks very. Uh, very similar. You can say it's consistent with, which is a term that's used a lot in forensic science as it applies to the courts. Now, some of the other things that they would have noticed at the autopsy, we can't just focus mainly on the underlying hemorrhage, which, you know, we don't know because he hasn't said anything. It could be compromised to a certain degree by decomposition. But here's something that probably is not when we begin to think about this. Um, the the cartilaginous bodies of the of what's okay. commonly known the what <laughs> the, cart, the what Joe the cartilaginous bodies which is what makes up our windpipe essentially that that underlying area in our trachea that gives it firmness everybody can feel this at home do you know that with throttling with throttling not only do you create hemorrhage around that area there's a crushing event that takes place. And even though cartilage is soft, it's softer certainly than bone, cartilage will fracture and it'll have its own little areas of hemorrhage. And that's one of the things that they would look look for. We've heard about people having their quote unquote windpipe crushed. That could be one of the things they're looking for. And also that that tiny little bone that everybody likes to talk about, Jackie, and that, of course, is the hyoid. It, you know, it sits way, way up in the neck, Jackie. I mean, way up in it's a anatomical oddity in the rest of the human body because the hyoid bone is actually the only bone that is not articulated or connected to another bone in the human body. Its sole purpose, its sole purpose is to anchor the tongue. It holds the tongue in place. And it's if folks at home will just think about a horseshoe, uh, that's kind of how it's shaped. And you can see hemorrhage in that area. You can see fractures in that in that area. And because it's so hard to get to, you rarely see it associated with anything other than uh, manual strangulation. That means direct pressure applied, and it's uh, eventually fractured, cracked. And that would be something that would not compromise. It wouldn't compromise that manifestation. It's the tissue around it. We're talking about bone. So it's not going to be compromised by decomposition or the breakdown of soft tissue. That's not the case. It will remain present. It will remain visible. It will remain in a position where it can be examined, not just in place or like we fancy word we say in forensic pathology in situ, which means in place, but it can be removed. And it can be examined uh, by holding it in the hand. It can be examined microscopically, uh, uh, Jackie. And it can also, and this is key, can also be retained. So if you find a fractured hyoid, the practice generally is to take it out. You put it in preservative and you save it. And you know what they do with that? I've actually seen this happen in court. They'll take an intact hyoid and they will physically bring that into the courtroom and present it as evidence. And boy, you talk about something powerful because that's the essence of the individual. That's that's part of their body. And if that's brought into a courtroom and they have a fractured hyoid, that's something that they can demonstrate and something the jury can really latch on to. 
Joe, let's talk a little bit about the actual act of strangulation. Most people do not know, and of course I don't know either, thankfully, uh, how much actual pressure it takes to strangle someone, how long it takes to strangle someone. Walk us through this. I mean, what would have been happening at that time that Gabby was dying? Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it's a complete and total horror show is what it comes down to. And with manual strangulation and specifically throttling, let's kind of paint a picture here. In kind of the classic context, uh, when you're talking about the relationship between the perpetrator and the victim, the victim uh, certainly can be standing, okay? But if we think about the interior of that van, it's impossible to stand in that van for any protracted period of time. Generally, what happens is that a perpetrator will get on top of an individual. Now, they can do this from the rear or from the front. But classically, you think about the front, and here's here's the really chilling dynamic about this. And keep in mind, this is a very personal event. This is intimate. This is as intimate as it can get in homicide. When an individual is being throttled, in many cases, they are staring. They are staring the perpetrator, their killer, in the eye. And just let that sink in just for a second, because when you think about the relationship between the two in a physical sense where the individual is, is eye to eye with this person, their life, the victim's life, is slowly being diminished. All of the air supply is being cut off. The blood supply is being cut off because not only are you potentially crushing the windpipe, which really doesn't take that many pounds of pressure, particularly in someone as diminutive and small and tiny as Gabby, you're also clamping down on these major vessels that run through the neck. And all of us have heard about these vessels. We've got the juggler vein, uh, which is the return from the brain of blood. And we've also got the carotid, which is taking oxygenated blood to the brain. Remember, the brain, the head is the most vascular area in the body. What that means is, is that that area of the body requires more oxygenated blood than probably any other area of the human body because the brain just eats energy. It, it requires a tremendous amount of oxygen. So it's not just about breaking the, uh, the, the, the cartilage in the neck. It's not about fracturing the hyoid in and of itself. It's not about specifically leaving hemorrhage behind in the soft tissues. It also has to do with a deprivation of oxygen. That's the real killer here. You know, I mean, you can have okay, hemorrhage. Wait a minute, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Deprivation of oxygen. Everybody knows that, you know, every kid in, on the planet has tried to hold their breath mm. till they pass out. Right. So explain to me that difference. I mean, if she passed out and, and someone, whoever was strangling her, let go, would she automatically start breathing or do you have to hold someone? You know, I mean, how long is this process? Some people have opined or, or or put out the opinion that it can take up to five minutes in order to manually strangle somebody. But I got to tell you, Jackie, with a manual strangulation, you've got, we would assume, a male perpetrator, potentially powerful, big hands, hovering over a very diminutive young lady who is let's let's face it is slight in build 
uh, a kind of a fragile, uh, 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 very tiny neck, it really doesn't take that long. There's not that. It's not like a big bodybuilder that might have a gigantic neck where you have to make your way through a lot of soft tissue. If you look at those images of Gabby and she's so beautiful, you know, you take a look at her and she's smiling. I want people from now on to pay attention to her neck, to take a look at it and see how delicate it is. And there's not much to it. It's supporting her, her head, you know, and it, it just kind of rises up off of her shoulders and it's very, very slight and bill. So it would not have taken a tremendous amount of pressure applied externally in order to diminish her, her blood supply, which is carrying oxygen and also her ability to uptake oxygen. That means inhalate where we take in a breath and then exhalate where we're forcing breath out. All of these processes are interconnected, Jackie. It's part of our metabolism. It's how we work. So when you introduce a throttling event into this, you completely disrupt everything that's going on with her ability to thrive and live. You're you're shutting down her lungs. You're shutting down her blood flow. And also, you're shutting down her brain's ability to function in a normal manner. All those little synapses that are firing all of the time, they're sending messages throughout the body, whether it's stuff that is conscious, you know, maybe looking in a particular direction, moving our hands, or when it comes down to what's called our primal brain, uh, our autonomic nervous system, which is actually telling without us knowing, is telling our heart to beat and our lungs to take up oxygen, that's being compromised. So all of that is essentially leaving her body during this period of time. And it, it really paints a chilling picture. She, I don't think that she had a chance in this particular case. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. You know, we're talking about the deprivation of oxygen. We're talking about manual strangulation in the case of Gabby Petito. But, you know, there's there's more to consider here, isn't there, Jackie? There is, Joe, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. You mentioned early on that in photos that you saw of Gabby when she was sand surfing, bruising on her back. Then we have the incident in Moab where... Um, Gabby and was and Brian were stopped by the police and she mentioned that he grabbed her face and, and the officer asked her about a scratch on her face and some bruising on her shoulder. Gabby said she didn't really know. She didn't mention any type of physical abuse by Brian, but you noticed that. So what would the autopsy or the coroner have been able to see? Yeah, let's let's back up one second, Jackie. I tell you that. Remember what that nine eleven caller said. That individual said, "There is a man out here in the street," and I'm I'm paraphrasing. There's a man out here in the street that is slapping, that is slapping a young woman. Okay, and this is in broad daylight. Think about think about what that means. That means that an individual has the gall to in public, in the light of day, in plain view, to beat up a little girl. That's what it comes down to. And so as an investigator, what I'm going to begin to think about is, is there some kind of evidence of ongoing abuse? And, and you know, you're very right. You know, when I saw those, those screenshots of them sand surfing out there in Colorado, you know, one of the things that I noticed, and I can't take full credit uh, for this because somebody had pointed it out to me, but I began to take a look at that and you can see 
on the exposed surface of her right shoulder that there appears to be some kind of uh, faint demarcation right there that is about, I don't know, to me, it looked like it was about the size of a quarter, and there are multiple of these, multiple. So as an investigator, I have to ask this question. Is that evidence that she has been contacted or struck by something? Or is there evidence that maybe her equilibrium wasn't that great and she had fallen over and landed on her shoulder? So at the autopsy, you know, what we would do with that information, if in fact they had this information at the time relative to her being knocked around, um, would they would they put that in context and examine the totality of her body? The problem is this. The coroner has stated that she was down three to four weeks. Now, there's all kinds of things that go into this. But just suffice it to say that the body begins to break down. It's a natural process. And the tissue, the soft tissue, the skin, the underlying uh, connective tissue, and certainly the muscle begin to deteriorate. And at a just like a, a microscopic level and at a cellular level, it begins to break down. The body is actually kind of in a weird way is kind of ingesting itself. And so as that happens, there are all these little things that we refer to as um, decompositional artifact. And what that means is that the body begins to manifest dark areas. It begins to kind of eradicate anything else that was there. The trick is, the trick is for these forensic scientists, were they able to differentiate between decompositional artifact, changes after death, and any kind of pre-existing trauma she may have sustained prior to the death event? You know, was there evidence of things that were there and had begun to heal? Let's think about this just for a second. All of us have had some kind of bruise in our life. If you if you've got kids, uh, you know they'll come bounding through the door, and you you'll ask them as a parent, you know, where did you get that bruise and that sort of thing. And they'll give you some kind of reason for it. Every bruise that we have, or contusion, it goes through stages, doesn't it? You know, just think about it. it initially, it's really bright red, and then it becomes. Uh, kind of a, a blue to purple color. Sometimes it'll go black and then blue and the purple. And then it, it goes through that really disgusting phase where it'll be uh, yellow and green and finally it's gone. Well, that takes place over time and it's resolving, it's healing. So the question would be from a scientific perspective, had decomposition compromised that tissue where you couldn't appreciate it fully, where you couldn't understand or be able to appreciate if there was healing going on of old injuries. And to boot, you have to also factor in what's referred to as a perimortem event. Perimortem means in the throes of. So the perimortem event in this case would be the trauma that was being inflicted upon Gabby's delicate little neck during her death event. As the life was being squeezed out of her, you've got new hemorrhage that's being created. So it's a difficult task for the forensic scientist because you've got this just huge mesh of information they're trying to disseminate and, and separate. So you've got all the stuff that happened prior to her death. You've got the stuff that happened during the midst of that perimortem event I mentioned. And then you got all the stuff that happens after death. And you can see what a web this is that they kind of have to pick apart. It's no wonder 
that it took us, you know, uh, several weeks downrange after they came up with the manner of death to give us a cause of death. Does the blood pooling, the blood that remains in the body when you die in in position, the blood goes to the lowest position in the body. Is that going to affect being able to tell about the bruises? You know, you're you're referring to something we call postmortem lividity or liver mortis. And essentially, if you'll think about if if you'll just take at home, you'll take a cup of water and take it, stand over your sink. Don't do it in the middle of your living room, but take a cup of water, stand over the sink and and tip it over. What happens to the water? Well, it it goes to the lowest point of gravity. Blood is no different. Okay, any fluid that you have in your body after death, remember, your blood is no longer circulating. So it is going to seek the lowest point of gravity. And I don't know this for a fact, but let's just assume that that Gabby's body was lying in a supine position, which means her back was contacting the ground. After she's placed in that position, the blood in her body would seek that lowest point of gravity and would go to her back wherever her body is contacting the ground because gravity is pulling her, pulling it there. You know, gravity is a constant force in our universe. And so it will darken the skin. That's one of the things that we look at. It's one of the reasons that people refer to it as post-mortem lividity. How many of you guys have ever heard the term, uh, you're not just angry. People will say, I'm livid. Well, the reason they say they're livid is that there's color change in your face. You ever seen somebody get so angry their face turns red or purple? I've seen it. And so that applies to postmortem lividity. Uh, there's color changes and they stay there. They stay fixed. So you superimpose that over any kind of bruising that was there. Coupled with that, it even makes it uh, more difficult to appreciate any kind of, of pre-existing trauma. And when we begin to think about that area on her right shoulder that we had mentioned, uh, you know, if she's laying face up, that could potentially be compromised as well because of the postmortem lividity where the blood is settling into that area. Gravity is drawing it down. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.